This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Our goal at Everyday Tech is to keep your technology not only working, but working for you. I'm the host, Abram Nanny, and you can join me and my friends Wednesday mornings at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Or search Everyday Tech on your favorite podcasting app or download the MPB Public Media app. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101. It's the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. Kevin Farrell here with Pam Pibus, Ashy Certified Inspector and Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Well, 2024 is rapidly approaching, so we know you have questions about closing out the year and preparing for any projects in the new year. From getting your home ready for winter to making sure all the Christmas lights don't blow a fuse, give us a call with your questions and let us know whatever you home improvement projects you're working on, what help you might need. You can email fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Here's a reminder, our show re-airs Saturday mornings at 9. That's prior to the Gestalt Gardener. And just to comment there, I was in my car the other day and I turned on my radio and it was me. And I immediately switched it to another station because <laughs> I don't like hearing my recorded voice. So I does. I mean, is that the same? Do, do Can you I have, take your picture? <laughs> yeah, what do you do with it? <laughs> Some folks don't like to get their picture taken either. <laughs> and, and plus, I think when you listen back, you're like, listen, listen to all those mistakes you're making. You know, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. Like if I'm doing an, a, a preview of a house to do an estimate or whatever. I'll I'll get my iPad and I'll turn the camera on and you talk about clear a room, oh my! You, you don't have to say a word. Just start taking pictures and it will clear the room. It will clear the room. I'll have folks like when I do a home inspection because I take yeah. a picture of every room, right. every angle. I open all the cabinet doors, everything, especially if it's occupied. And do, then, a, do a deep dive. Yeah, I do a deep dive and I start taking those pictures. And if somebody's there, man, they're running from room to room to try to stay either exactly. behind me or in front of me. They just don't, don't want to be in the photo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. Well, you know, you're talking about blowing a fuse with Christmas lights, Kevin. I was um, inspecting up in Yazoo City the other day, and I get a text message from a friend of mine, and she said, my GFI plug keeps blowing. (laughs) And I was like, well, so after I finished, I gave her a call, and they're they're getting the house painted. And the painter wanted to plug in a heater, you know, so he could keep, he didn't want his paint to freeze. (laughs) And so every time he plugged it in, it blew the G- the GFI is folks for, for our listeners out there. It's the it's the outlet with the button. Mm-hmm. And so um, I said, well, let's do a test. If every time he plugs that heater in, it might be the heater or it might be the plug, but we don't know. So plug something else in there and see what happens. <laughs> and it was blowing. So today I'm going to go. Pick up a GFI outlet and run over there and swap it out for them, and then we'll try it again. And if it continues now we uh, to blow, then are cut off and you have to keep resetting it. Then well, that's above my pay grade at that point. We're going to try a new outlet and then <laughs> it, we're going to get yeah, an electrician. It's, it's probably if there's a little age to that outlet, um, it doesn't take much for those things to to wear out uh, because their their job is so sensitive. Right. If if there's not literally, but if there's a little moisture in there, that that GFI is designed to to cut the circuit. Right. right. So, um, and they're made it, it of plastic. Take, I mean. It doesn't take much for those you know to wear out over the years. Uh, 
Uh, so, and again, it's not a big deal to change it. Just get you a wire tester, of course, and make sure there's no... Make sure the power's off. Make, make sure there's no juice. What I love about this one, it's right underneath the panel in the laundry room. And I was perfect. like, perfect. Yep. It'll be so easy. But, you know, another thing you need whenever you get into those projects, if you're dealing with electricity, get yourself a headlamp. <laughs> that is a good idea. Because holding on to a flashlight in the dark to try to change electrical, it gets a little cumbersome. But a nice uh, headlamp to put that on, that'll help. That'll go a long way in the dark. That would be a good stocking stuffer if you have some. It, would be, it, sure, it would. sure would. It would be an awesome. And actually, I've been kind of doing that, picking up a few things, you know, going to the hardware store, picking up a few things so I can. Um, so, Pam, are you saying that you need a headlight or you have one? Actually, you know, <laughs> Just checking. I, I could put out my list of things, I guess. No, I've got some really good headlamps, uh, courtesy of my career. So I, I've got some to, to handle that. Uh, now, a, a tester would be nice. You know, those okay, are not there really you go. Exp- they're not if really y'all expensive. Are wondering. <laughs> yeah, and you can buy these little, um, there are these awesome uh, GFI you, testers that you, you can pick you, up at the hardware well, store. Well, I'm doing some work on our house down in Past Christian. I had to buy a, a wire tester over the weekend. They were $12 at, at, uh, at the big box. Yeah. Yeah, so, is it the one with the button on it? So you plug sure it in is. and pop no, it. No, no, no. This was just a wire tester. Oh, just to see if it yeah. was. Yeah. Now, as long as we're talking about that, if you get one of those wire testers, or it's a, you can use it on like some outlets only have two holes in there. The big hole is neutral. The small hole is hot. So if you're going to test it to see if it's working or not, you've got to put that plastic tester inside the small hole. Mm-hmm. And if you're not getting any any feedback, then your outlet doesn't have any power. You can also plug in a lamp. It, it works like you There know. you go. <laughs> Just make sure the bulb's working. <laughs> so we had another bout of severe weather this week that came through uh, Mississippi. And so if someone is in need of repairs and is looking for a contractor, why don't we give them a couple of suggestions about, well, first of all, you know, where do you get started when you're going to try to get your home repaired and some other tips about finding a, a good contractor? Who wants to go first? I'm going to punt to Jeff since he's our uh, – I'm a licensed contractor too, but he's really involved with the local contractor association. Yeah, you know, there, there's there's a few phone calls I'm going to make. I'm going to call my local home builders association, be it Jackson, uh, North Mississippi, South Mississippi, Natchez, whatever. I'm going to get their member recommendations. I want to work, I want to work with a member. Uh, and then I'm also going to call the board of contractors. And they, it's all public information. Um, has this contractor had any complaints? Is he in good standings? He or she, are they in good standings? And um, uh, are they licensed in the state of Mississippi? Is that, can you uh, research that online, Jeff? Yes, Do you they can. Have a, a, yes. A, what's that yes. website? It, it's uh, uh, Mississippi Board of Contractors. MSBOC.us. Uh, okay. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the the next thing I'm going to do, once I verify that, um, I'm going to call the contractor, and I want to find out who they are working for today, yesterday. I don't want to I don't want to hear about what you did six months ago. Uh, I want to know what you what you're doing today, and um, I'm not going to hire you if you're not local. I agree. I'm, I'm really not. Yeah. I'm, and and I'm not beating up on, because from time to time we need help in in Mississippi. But uh, if there's an issue and you live in Texas, Louisiana, 
you know, whatever, what's the chances of you coming back? Mm. Uh, and, and again, I'm not trying to beat up on an out of town, out of state contractor. I, I'm going to I'm going to support local. Right. And let me make a suggestion, too. Um, and I, I recently had this experience when you hire a contractor. You want to just get real familiar if they've got you want a contract. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, I'm going to be able to sign something. And one of the things that I'm going to agree to is that I'm going to hold out a certain amount of money until you get finished. Folks, don't pay them all up front. Just don't oh, do no. it. No, don't. And if, don't. if just don't. And uh, there's just too many stories out there. I think there's a whole HGTV series on that. But you just don't want to pay them all that money up front. You want to hold out. And maybe what I did, the last big project I had at my house, I had the fence built and had my driveway put in, is I paid him in increments. Once he finished yep. a certain you know percentage, then I paid. And then I didn't pay anything or total up front. And, you know, we may have even done material. His was material plus sure. was, was how we worked yeah. that. And then recently I had some work done, and they did not finish one particular area, and I still owed them like $2,900. And they kept calling me, and I said, I'll be more than happy to write you this check as soon as you finish. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, I, I do want to mention this. Uh, and, again, I've been doing this 22-plus 20, years. That's a two-way road. I, I, I've had customers not not pay me. I've had customers forge uh, insurance checks, um, and um, so it's a two-way road. How I like to do it, and I think it is very fair. Um, let's let's just say, for instance, we're, we're doing a room addition. Okay, I don't expect any money up front. But when I deliver twenty five thousand or twenty thousand dollars worth of lumber and material, windows and and building supplies to your job site, I expect a check. Right. Now I don't want one up front, but I do expect one once that material hits ground. And then I try to I try to stay very level. Um, I do ten thousand dollars worth of work. I, I need a check. You know, so we're so we're we're kind of we're married, and and that's exactly how I describe it to my customers. This is a short term marriage, so um, we may disagree a little bit. Some you know, a lot of couples do, um, but let's talk it out. So it's a it's and it is a marriage. Yeah, and you, and I think that contract really sets you up for what your expectations. That's are. That's right. Spell it out. Spell out how you want to be paid, and make sure that that customer understands. Uh, understanding is the biggest thing in in contracting. It really is. I remember when I started inspecting twenty uh, twenty one years ago now, and I had just started, and um, I. I had I, first or second client, I can't remember, I asked for them to sign my contract. And the agent couldn't believe that I was getting. She said, you're getting a signed contract? I said, well, would you sell a house without a signed contract? Well, no, it's, it's I mean. It sets it, up the expectation. It, it, it does. You, you, you know, you, you don't go to the bank to borrow money without signing a contract. So. It's just something that we're used to. And in, in my industry, what kind of what's normal now is that we don't deliver that report until you pay us. <laughs> I don't blame you. But we go and do all the work. Sure. You know, and then we put together a report for you, and then we expect payment before we actually give you the report. And I've had a little, not much, but a little bit of pushback, and I'm like, mm, 
I don't have time to chase you down. <laughs> We're going to go to Carl, who's called in from Vicksburg this morning. Go ahead, Carl. You're on the air. It's your turn. Uh, yes, sir. I had uh, two questions. Uh, first of all, I have a house that has a, a double pane uh, aluminum windows, like, and they're like really real, like builder's grade, cheap. You know, and uh, what's the cheapest way? I had one get busted. Is it cheaper to get just go ahead and get one replaced, or should I have like try to have them all done at one time, or can I do it myself? Is that a job I do myself? It's a brick house. Are you trying to replace your windows with the upgrade? Well, I'm, right now I'm trying to just get through the winter with. The, okay, it's really just just one okay. window. Okay, so know. so basically you have a you have a sash that's broke, some glass that's broke. Yes, sir. Okay. All the way through. Yeah. Okay. No, the easiest thing to do is call one of your local gas. Let's see, you're in Vicksburg. Call call one of your local glass companies, um, yes, and just tell them that that uh, you, that uh, you need them to order you a a sash, um, some replacement glass. They'll come out and measure it, order it, and uh, install it for you. Can they replace it even though like the, the aluminum uh, frame inside? Oh yeah. And bent? Sure. Okay. Okay. Sometimes what also, you can do, go ahead and make yourself some measurements before you go and take some pictures. And then okay. sometimes they'll send somebody out. I know that. Like, we'll call out broken windows and home inspections. And the agent will call a local glass company, and they'll come out and replace yeah. everything. I don't have any idea what something like that would cost. Do you, it, it's, it's not. It's not extremely expensive. $200, $300? Uh, it's less than that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that, that's good. Yeah, the windows get really drafty with cardboard. I, think. I bet they yeah. do. <laughs> Especially lately. Good luck. <laughs> okay. And do y'all know if there's any um, uh, of those electric mouse uh, detorrents that work? Uh, not traps, like something that, you know, out of noise or sound. Oh, or something. something that you plug in your receptacle yeah. or something? I never had any you luck know, with I've them. Never, I've never talked to anyone that those things work. Yeah, yeah um, I tried everything. I'll tell you what does work. A uh, cat. You got, well, <laughs> true. I got a bunch of lazy cats. I got a bunch of lazy cats. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, you've been feeding <laughs> them too much. Go to the shelter much. and get another um, one. <laughs> the, I thank y'all so much. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So your experience with those is that they don't work very well at all. I've never, I've never actually owned one, but I've never talked to anyone that says, "Hey, man, this, is, this is great." I tried them. I got a stack of them out in my shop. Yeah, and just nothing, nothing worked. I, uh, I really had the, a pretty, the poison works real good. Yeah, but if you put the poison out, but if you've got pets, the problem will happen is that they'll kill. It'll kill a small mouse, and yeah. then your pet will eat the mouse, and that ain't cheap going no, to the vet. No. So traps will work. I've seen, you know, if you've got the stomach for that, you can put those traps out, too. But they're the, coming the, in right now, the, folks. The glue thing works. Yeah. It really does. Yeah, if you've got the stomach for it, you can, you can do that. But And now's when they're coming in. They, they sure don't really are. care much about coming in your house. Although I had a hilarious thing happen the other day that I saw was, you know, this crazy drought we had during the summer. So I'm, uh, I went over. Some folks were having some issues over in Bellhaven. With um, there was an odor in the house, and they couldn't figure out mm. what it was. And so I went over and walked around the house a couple of times, and I came inside, and the odor actually, you know, mama's smelling mildew. Yeah. All right. And that gets dismissed. Like, you know, men don't care. <laughs> it smells like, I shouldn't say that, but I mean, you know, daddy doesn't care. Mama smells something. So they give me a call, and I went over there, and what was happening was that the dryer had been vented up through the attic. 
and it probably had clogged and there was a sleeve on it. And so they were basically pumping humidity into the attic to the point that the decking was sweating. And then they had recessed lights that were open, canned lights that were open. And when the weather changes, folks, your house will get decompressed. It just it's part of it. There's air transfer. So when the weather changed, it was literally sucking that odor through the can lights down into the house. Mm. And that's what she was smelling. But what was funny, let me get back to the to the mice, is as I was looking, they had a condenser that was sitting on the outside of a carport with a flat roof. And I looked up there and the refrigerant line If you don't know this, you have two refrigerant lines on your condenser, which is the air conditioner that's outside. It runs into the house and goes up to the coils that are on the inside. (laughs) Looked up. And the cold line uh, on the refrigerant line, the insulation had been chewed completely off. And it's because this summer when there was a drought, the squirrels got up there and they chewed all the insulation off because it was what happens with that line is it sweats. And that's the only water they could mm. find. <laughs> and I mean, they just shredded the insulation on that thing. So, you know, it, it seal up your can lights and get you some insulation on your uh, refrigerator. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of the um, the little thing you're supposed to put on your car to avoid deers running out in front of your the little whistly things. Right. I'm, I'm not sure those things work either. But you know, I've never had one either. Um, I. You know, you see them. You see a lot of them. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Don't and, you know, if you really have to – if you're listening, folks, if you listen to our show and you don't live in Mississippi or the South, you really don't understand how many deer we have down here. I mean, we're actually having a bumper crop. <laughs> They're just everywhere. Well, it's estimated, and, and someone will call and let me know that I'm wrong, <laughs> but I, I'm under the impression there's somewhere between 300 um, – I'm sorry, three million deer um, plus right. in, in in the state of Mississippi. And what they do is they start grazing at dusk and dawn. Mm-hmm. That's when they're out, and mm-hmm. they'll be on the side of the road. And those son of a guns, if they get spooked, they will. I mean, I was well, riding, yeah. I was riding in a car one time, and it the deer jumped right into the car. Yeah. It hit sure. right next to me, but we've really got a, a problem here. I know uh, wildlife and fisheries has just upped the limit mm-hmm. on and allowing the hunters to take a few more. And, you know, I'm not a big I'm, – I'm not a hunter, and I didn't grow up in a hunting family. But right now, it's almost the compassionate thing to do because there's just carnage on the road right now That's where right. They're, they're jumping out in front of cars. Well, on our show Creature Comforts, we talk with uh, the wildlife folks occasionally about deer, and then, and the hunting does. You know, they it's very scientific. They 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 fix those limits to to you know call back the herd, but still make it uh, keep it as a, at a healthy population. Jeff, so. have you ever had you know talking about fix it one hundred and one and bringing it back to houses? Have you ever had repairs where a deer has jumped through a door, absolutely, or a window, uh, absolutely, <laughs> especially during rut? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had several calls where bucks will get excited. And they see a reflection, and they will jump through the window. And um, well, they think they're you, fighting another deer. If, if you <laughs> if you have never seen that or witnessed that, a deer can can definitely do some damage inside your house. It's unbelievable how much damage they can do, not only to you but to the property. To the property, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. 
So it's a real deal. Welcome to Mississippi. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. Back to the phone lines we go, and we're off to Natchez. Buddy's on the line. Good morning, buddy. Go ahead, please. Good morning. I was just going to, well, I had one question, but I was make a comment about those little deer whistle things. I have killed two deer with my motorcycle, Mm. and I've got the deer whistles on the thing, so I think they actually called the deer up. I don't know. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Man, you know, I ride to Natchez all the time, buddy, uh, you know, down down the trace, and uh, fortunately, I've never had a deer jump out in front of me. Oh, you're lucky, real lucky, because that's a common occurrence. It, I know it uh, is, yeah. I'm having to replace a, a tin roof, metal roof, on a little outside building. And it the original roof, of course, like on my carport, it sweats so bad, it's like a rain garden in there. And I was wondering if there's some kind of material, now that I'm fixing to replace my metal roof, some kind of material that I can put up there on my rafters to uh, stop that metal from sweating so bad, or, or uh, I just don't want to have to put heat in the building mm. to stop that. So it's an, it's like a shop, and so you can see when you're looking up, you can see that metal from the bottom yeah. side. That's right. You know, six rafters up there, and then I've got lathing strips across the top. Right, of that, and then right, I've got my, my right. Heat metal put that on that. Oh boy! I don't, buddy. I really don't think outside of some air movement Mm -hmm. that that you're going to cure that. It's Uh, just part of that. It's, I mean, it's unconditioned air, um, and when the temperature changes, that 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 metal's going to sweat. Yeah, it's like taking a bottle of water out of the refrigerator. Yeah, if you don't, and and once Uh, again, for you know, Buddy is down in Natchez. Natchez is down by the Mississippi River. So your moisture and your dew point in the air is so high, and the dew point is how much water is in the air. So you change the temperature in any direction, like the sun coming up, (laughs) and it gets on that metal, then it starts. So it's like a rainstorm in there, isn't it, buddy? It is. That's the truth. Everything you put underneath there is going to get sopping wet in the morning when the uh, dew begins to evaporate and you've got the course of the cold mornings we've got now we've got a little frost on top of our houses and when that water starts coming off and hitting the uh, carport roof and it's not long before everything in the carport's got water stripes down it where it's been coming off the metal purlins is it um is it flat buddy does it have a pitch on it at all it's got this it's got a pitch on it and uh the, the shed that I put up, boy, it's been 30 years ago that I built that shed on the side of this place, and then I enclosed a little portion of it, made a room out of it for my wife to do her hobbies and things. But I was trying to fix this room to where it would be a usable room, kind of like a little man cave. And I've got this metal roof over the top of it, and was hoping to put something like a press board or sheetrock or something for a ceiling in there. Now, the, the room that does metal the, the the room is going to be open on the end so that the air can come underneath the uh, metal and it's joined on to the back of my shop and i've got the where the air can come into the end of that sheet metal come all the way under the sheet metal go into the attic of the shop and go out the vents in the shop 
Have you ever tried? Um, have you ever tried a thermostatic fan up there, buddy? Some type of air movement. Oh yeah, I've done that. And it doesn't work. It, well, it doesn't run all the time, and, it, and I need to. I guess I'd have to cut the thing on downstairs or something when the humidity gets high, so I get better air circulation under there. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, buddy, there are some fans that, and normally what they're used for is crawl space ventilation, and they don't operate on temperature, they operate on humidity. And you might be able to uh, do some investigations on that where you can uh, put that fan up there. And I'm with Jeff. If you can get some air, get movement, some air movement across that, it's going to Across help. that surface, it might solve it. So do a little bit of investigation on crawl space thermostatic fans and see, or humidistat fans, and see if that doesn't uh, have a product or something. Because mine, I've got what I've I've got a similar situation. I just don't have the humidity that you do, so I don't have that problem where I live. And I've got a metal shop. I've seen them put that uh, double uh, plastic, uh, the insulation in between in these metal sheds you're putting up tractor sheds and things like that but I just kept thinking that you can't seal that area good enough to keep moisture from building up in there and I was just thinking it would probably rust all the metal out with the uh, moisture between the, the plastic sheeted insulation and the metal itself. Oh uh, yeah. The air movement I think the air movement would be the best solution for it but I didn't know if there was some kind of material I could put up before I put the roof down but, uh, I can't I think, think of a thing. I, I, don't, I don't think so, buddy. The only you might want to investigate because what's happening is that the air underneath it and the air on top of it change, and when you have yeah. the two different air, you know, type anyway. So what you might look at is, um, and I, I know Jeff may jump out of his skin whenever I say this, but you might be able to put a thin layer of foam on the bottom side to help insulate that a little bit. But I don't, I don't know. I would probably look at the thermostatic fan and air movement before I did something like I that. I would. Yep, absolutely. Probably so because any moisture I trap would just sit there and run everything. That's right. Everything. Yeah. No. And then and then and then you know you got a much bigger problem. Right. Yeah. That's true. Good That's luck. True. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Yes, Y'all sir. need to go to a two-hour show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. So much. Appreciate we, we would make twice as much. Yeah, I double my pay. <laughs> this is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. It's the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. Kevin Farrell here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector and Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Let's uh, jump right back on the phone lines. Got a couple of calls to get to, starting again in Osaka. Kathleen has called in today. Good morning. You're on the air, so go ahead. Good morning. I'm in my new office. Nice. I'm uh, outside, outside 10 steps to the maple tree to the left because I can't use my new high-tech phone in my house. Well, of course not. <laughs> so every time I want to go, I have to go to the new office. Uh, it's funny until it's 32 degrees and your, exactly. your daughter's calling you mom. <laughs> yeah. Right. No. But listen, i got a serious problem on here, and I'm hoping Jeff can give me an idea about what to do about permits or whatever. Everybody around here seems to have gotten a drone for Christmas last year. Okay. Okay. They've got two in the hedgerow on the west side. 
three in the hedgerow on the left side, above my head, uh, straight up above the house, and several in the tree lines that uh, seem to consider my house and myself TV. Okay. And I don't. Uh, what can I do? To keep them off my property. Now, I, I hear this, oh, they're just hunting deer. Well, not on my land. I got 11 and a quarter paid for in my name, and I don't do it. Yeah. I don't hunt, and I, I appreciate the deer coming up in my yard. Well, let's take one issue at a time, and, and keep in mind now, I'm, I'm not giving legal advice. I'm. This is just plain old, you know, Homeowner, homeowner, homeowner land advice. I would, I'd put a, a posted sign on my property. No, no, no trespassing. Now, as far as them flying a drone over your property, I don't think you own that area. Uh, so I don't think there's a whole lot you can do about that. Now, that drone operator, that, <laughs> that, that drone operator, uh, is supposed to have license. Uh, there are requirements. There are guidelines that you must follow. Um, but you know, as far as him hunting on your land, I, I would just put a posted sign. Yeah, I, I I got a bunch of those. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen. But anyway, uh-huh. y'all have a good day. This is home improvement. And <laughs> well, it will be home improvement if I could redecorate out here in the yard. There you this go. Is next to my new office. There you go. Well, thank you. Yeah, you know, and have Kathleen, you can look yep. at a. Um, and Jeff, you and I've had this conversation, and we had put one up. You can buy antennas if if you're not if if. If your cell service is not good inside the house, there are antennas that you can put up on the outside of the house that connect to a I'm just for better, and this would be everyday tech, uh, put up a server on the inside of the house. So what happens is that your phone connects to the server that connects to the antenna that's on the outside. That way you can use your cell phone when you're on the inside of the house. So folks that live out, that's a possibility for you. Also, Kathleen, I remember, I believe it was uh, during the Reagan administration, they were, were going to build the Star Wars defense system. So maybe you could build up something yeah. that would uh, shoot down the drones as they come across. <laughs> She's going to shoot it down there, Kevin. I'm telling you. Well, and I got something for the hunters. If you're using a drone to try to hunt all these deer, I mean, all you got to do is walk in your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, head back to the phone lines. Mary is called in from Jackson this morning. Good morning, Mary. You're on the air with us. So go ahead. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I have lived in an old house in Bellhaven, and um, I have single-pane windows, and I freeze during the wintertime. I've been there 20 years. I thought maybe one year I'd grow up and get some real curtains on the windows instead of things strung apart. But I found a company that makes acrylic inserts that go on the inside of the window, and but I've also thought about replacing the windows with double panes I was wondering what you thought about the long-term, most efficient um, solution to that. You know, Mary, I'm I am always um, of the belief we've 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 had double pane windows now for a bunch of years. It works. Uh, don't know what this other acrylic thing is. I'm not saying it's a gimmick, but I know a double pane window works. If I'm in your position, 
Uh, I'm taking the old single pane windows out, and I'm putting in a nice um, vinyl window. I think that is your best value in a window. It'll also help with noise, Mary. Yeah. Those double panes yeah. are, are so much better on blocking noise than those single and, panes. And, and it's not extremely expensive to, to do what I'm talking about. Um, so I would definitely. I'd love to do the vinyl, but we're in a historic district, and they get all bent out of shape. When yeah, you, don't put, you know, it's going to look exactly like I, it. it. Just I, I don't under, want to paint. I understand that they're they're going to want a wood window. We do a lot of work in the Bellhaven area. There is a uh, composite window that you can that is that is approved. We've put them in many houses over there. Um, so you could look at that. Uh, I forgot. Vinyl's probably not going to work, but you can do a composite. How, what, what is the brand name on that, Jeff? Do you know? There's several out there. Um, can you the, just Google composite window? Yeah. It, I mean, it's been around. Okay. We've we've been doing composite for 20 years. Okay. Nice. Okay. I did not it, know that. I, it looks, smells, tastes, feels just like wood, but it will never rot. There you go. That's what, that's what I need. There you go. <laughs> yes, ma'am. That's right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Sure. All right. Thanks, Mary, for your call. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. And if you have a question about improving your home, you can always send an email as well to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. So a lot of folks, obviously, this time of year like to decorate their house with uh, Christmas decorations. So especially let's maybe start with if you have some that you're putting up outside, what are some things that homeowners need to think about to make sure that they can beautify their home for the season but do it in a safe manner? Don't use a a tiny little extension cord. (laughs) You need the thicker. The thicker, the better, because that carries the – That's right. Yeah. And then if you're blowing fuses – you know, you might want to get rid of that strand of light. <laughs> um, you don't want it to get hot. Yeah. Don't let them get hot to the touch. So if you go over there and touch that extension cord and it's hot, you need to unplug it as soon as, po- as, well, soon as you can. you know, it always bothers me this time of year. Um, we've got homeowners that, that they get on a ladder one time a year, and it's mm-hmm. around this time, mm-hmm. and they're not familiar with it, and... It's 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 kind of dangerous. It really is. It's actually up. very dangerous. <laughs> um, now there there are companies out there that uh, will come come put your Christmas lights out for you, and they do it every day. May not be Christmas lights, but they're very familiar with with ladders. So it's kind of like flying an airplane. You you wouldn't fly an airplane just one time a year. <laughs> Right? Right. So why do you think you can get on a ladder one time a year? One time a year, yeah. It just it's not it's not a good idea. Well, and let's talk about safety, ladder safety. If you have an extension ladder that you're gonna put up, you should be able to stand with the base of the ladder at your feet and then extend your arms straight out and that should be the angle of the ladder. Okay. Good point. If your I elbows, like that. if your elbows are bent in at all, it's it's too the it's, the it, angle's not it's, good. It's too close. And when you start going up, it's going to tip. It's going to yeah. tip over. Yeah. Yeah. When you look down at the base, you want both sides of the base to be solid on the ground. Do not be putting a brick under one side so that <laughs> you can keep it straight. Also, there are some. Um, and Jeff, what are these things called that they put on the top of the ladder so that it rests on the ladder? Them, we it's, call I mean, them on the bullhorns. A bullhorn where they where they set on your roof and not on the gutter. 
because uh, as you're going up and down the ladder, you're scratching, bending, and tearing the gutter up. Um, so yeah, it just needs a solid surface, level on the base, and if you don't have all of those things, then just don't just don't do it. Don't like get- I said, <laughs> um, my my daughter hires somebody every year to come put her Christmas lights out, which is smart. Um, I told her, I said, you don't need to be on a ladder, and 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 you don't unless that unless you do it all the time. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, and if it's not, you know, usually when you're putting the, the lights up, you're holding on to the ladder with one hand, and then you're trying to put a light up, so you let go with the other hand, yeah. you let the ladder go, and then you lean over there. <laughs> not a and good then, idea. You know, the physics of that, the optics are are a little, you know, you can hurt yourself. Let's end the show with a couple of phone calls. We'll go to Gulfport first. Michelle has called in today. Good morning. You're on the air, so go ahead. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. My um, my concern is I have a beautiful tile floor in the kitchen. It's about 20 years old, and it's gotten to the point now where it looks like it's got stains, and I can't see no matter what I use to wash it. Is there anything that it could restore the tile with? Are you talking about the tile or the grout, Michelle? The tile. The tile. Hmm. You know, I don't the know. The gray, and it's... It's discolored. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It Michelle, could be. everything has a shelf life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being very serious. I really am. If, if it lasted forever, then they wouldn't be making any more tile. Yeah. It but, may be time it may be time to, to put new. Yeah, or let me let me give you a suggestion, Michelle. And and this because I'm mm. I'm gonna try everything <laughs> to try to save. Right. You know, that's just right. me. I would probably try, believe it or not, a baking soda water solution with some type of a rotary tool that, you know, just go down in there because my elbow grease doesn't work like it used to. (laughs) Uh So I'm Uh always looking for cheaters. You could even use, you know, we talk about a multi-tool. You can get a multi-tool with a a pad on it. But uh, e- uh-huh. any type of a uh, like I've got these um, drills that are ba- battery pa- powered, and you can buy like these buffers and these things that people use whenever they're detailing a car, and you can uh-huh. do use something like that with something that's going to be a little bit abrasive to try to pull up whatever is there. Now, there's also the possibility that the stain itself was part of the curing process on the tile, and you've just gotten down to where that is, and it may not be coming out. Let, let us know once you get that done and tell us what new tile you put down. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, Jeff's he's, he's cutting cra- straight to the chase, and you and I are down there on our hands and knees trying to, you know, but, you know, I'm going to try every trick in the book, and then I'm probably just going to put new tile down. <laughs> Yeah, me too. But I just didn't want to ask Santa for tiles. For I understand, but I it's it's a great time to great time to do that. <laughs> All right, thank uh, you so much. You're thanks welcome. for your call, Michelle. Next, uh, we'll go to Mantachi, Louisiana. Tom has called in today. Good morning, Tom. Go ahead. Well, good morning. I was going to say this is Tom from Mantachi, Mississippi. Um, uh, the advice that you gave the lady uh, with the single pane windows. Uh, this is kind of a follow up question for that. Uh, I've seen on the internet and, you know what I mean, some actual TV ads, but there's some sort of a, you know, federally funded, um, you know, company that will help you pay for replacing windows if they're like so many years old. And I have, you know, single pane windows in my home 
And, I mean, if the government can help me pay for it, I was wondering there, if you guys knew what agency there, that might be. There might be a tax credit. I, I don't I don't. I don't think the government is going to send you a check to uh, oh, replace no, 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 a window. No, no, no. I would surely hope that we wouldn't do that. Uh, but I do think there's probably some tax credits out there. Um, okay. not, not not sure, but I would just Google tax credits. I know at one time um, uh, they were doing some tax credits for, for you know, upgrades to furnaces, water heaters, windows, th- those type things. Right. Where where, right. where where is man where is you know, Mantachi, Mississippi? We're well, we're halfway between Fulton and Tupelo. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. That would be you know, you know you're in an area like, where uh, upgrading those windows would be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, I tell oh, you yeah, who to call. Sure, for sure. I'll tell you who to call well, in that I'm, area, Tom. Call the yeah, uh, Home Builders Association of Tupelo. I've got a good buddy over there. Uh, that he can probably shed some light on that for you. Excellent. Yeah, his name. Thank you very much. I love your show. Hey, thanks. You guys are spot on. Spot on. Appreciate it. Giving out advice. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate your call, Tom. Let's uh, wrap things up with one final call. So we're to Brandon for our last call, and Michael is on the line. Good morning. Go ahead. Good morning. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. Um, My question is kind of for Pam. So you've... I'm like you. I've got a conventional house, and I love it. Um, if I want to make some changes, I can. Um, so here's one of the questions. That's, um, well, you have said on there several weeks back that you changed everything out in your all the plumbing out in your in your house to pegs. All that was from copper, right? Actually, it was galvanized. They were galvanized oh, okay. water lines under the house, and I I, I had it all. I had galvanized water lines and cast iron drains, and so okay. I just upgraded everything. That okay. was that was a good idea. So, did you go all the way to the fixtures? Yes, with that or I did. You, okay. I, I have seen before where people will they do not do the verticals in the wall, and I made yeah. it very clear with my plumber. <laughs> I want all that out of there because galvanized will corrode from the inside out. It'll slow the water flow to your fixtures. And yeah. so the pecs, it's pretty easy to put in there. I mean, whenever they pull those verticals out, and that's what's going from the crawl space up into the wall that's going yeah. to your sink or your tub. Or And I, I, don't think, I don't think drinking water from a galvanized pipe is real good. Well, if you think about it, if it's corroding, then, right. you're, you know, you're getting the stuff in there. And that was sure. another reason I wanted to do that. And yeah. then the cast I, iron I had holes in it, and I made the mistake of crawling under there one day and you know, they teach us in in home inspector school, don't touch the fuzzy on the on any cast iron line. And I was like, oh, look at that. And I put my finger up there. And let me tell you, I was doing a crab call out of my crawl space and screaming. I was trying to get out of there because it, it just whoosh. And all mm. that brown water started coming out. <laughs> don't touch the fuzzy. Don't touch the fuzzy. <laughs> All right, uh, Michael, appreciate your call. We are running out of time on this show. Just enough time to say thanks for listening. uh, And uh, that if you ever have a home improvement question that comes up outside of the Wednesday morning show, you can send it to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Fixit 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners. Our show is produced by Lacey Alexander. So for Pam Pibus and Jeff Sammons, I'm Kevin Farrell. Stay tuned. Up next at 10, it's Everyday Tech 
We'll be back. We'll be back next Wednesday at nine for another Fix It One Hundred and One. Heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.